TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to the Permanent Record, an arts and culture edition. I'm Josh Spickler, Executive Director of Just City. We're a nonprofit criminal justice reform organization based in Memphis, Tennessee. The Permanent Record is our podcast about the criminal justice system and how we can work together to make it work better for everyone. For this episode, we talked with hip-hop artist and Memphis native Marco Pave. Marco is a critically acclaimed musician who says he is, quote, creating a soundtrack for a moment. It's a very accurate description for his newest album, Welcome to Graceland, and most of his music for that matter. Uh, Welcome to Graceland tells the story of the protests that occurred there last summer. It also features his formidable skills as a musician and his commitment to speaking up loudly about the need for reform, accountability, and sensibility in our criminal justice policies. We think that made him a perfect guest on the permanent record. We hope you agree. Marco Pave, thanks for joining us on the permanent record. Man, no problem. It's good to have you. Um, this is a first for us. We don't dive into culture and arts quite often uh, on this, uh, very often on this podcast, but I'm, I'm happy to do it today. Uh, you're a Memphis guy, right? Mm-hmm. Born and raised, uh, what part of town? In North Memphis. Yeah. Actually, right down the street from here. We're, yeah, and we're at Crosstown Concourse, the newly remodeled and uh, mm-hmm. uh, renovated and fantastic Crosstown Concourse. It wasn't like this for most of oh, your childhood. No. Oh, no. All of it. My, all of my, most of, you know, my adult years up to this point now, too. So this it's very exciting to be, you know, in this building finally. Yeah, sure. Do you have any other connections to the building, like, from growing up? Did you ever come here? Was it just- No, nah, it was like, you know, it was scary. You shouldn't, you know... <laughs> No, don't come near it. It was that was just what it looked like. It was abandoned and big and dark. Yeah. Where'd you graduate high school? Uh, East High. East High. So mm-hmm. no, no Papa. Um, and then you 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 know you, you started uh, in, on the music scene here mm-hmm. when you were really just a kid, right? Mm-hmm. How yep. old when you? Uh, when I really started, I was still in high school when I really dived into it for the first time. Uh, the Memphis Flyer just uh, posted like one of my like horror stories is a is a is a um, one of performances like worst gig. Yeah, that was um, a cover story this week. And so, <laughs> tell tell us that story. Uh, I was 15, and we was going to uh, audition for this talent show at Fraser High School uh, Auditorium, and I had just like downloaded these beats. It was a website called SoundClick, and uh, I downloaded the beat. It was a really nice beat, and I had a, a whole song to it, and. Uh, and the guy, I paid $50 submission. My dad did not want to pay this $50 for me to So you had to come submit. up with the money yourself? Uh, well, he did, but, you know, he, he, just he gave me a hard yeah. time yeah. for it. Um, and so we did it, and then I performed. And then after my performance, the guy was like, oh, you had this tag in your beat. Um, you, you're not oh, serious. Of the website. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, so you're not serious. And if, you know, if you were serious, we would have blah, blah, blah. Uh, so nothing wrong, nothing was wrong with the performance, like, lyric wise or skill wise or anything he was just you know like this this beat i'm like like i said i'm 15 years old at the right, time right and uh and you're like i can fix the beat it, that's not yeah the problem. like that's not the problem at all so they they was just like you're not serious so you know maybe next time you can come back but they kept the 50 bucks obviously oh, and i had to go home and deal with my dad on top <laughs> of the you know what i'm saying because he didn't want to pay it in the first place so now he felt like ah oh, see i told you this is your very first example of how hard the music business yep. is. And it was your own dad. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a terrible show. I've had worse shows than that, but that was just like, that was the worst show to make you feel like. Because yeah, you're only 15. Exactly. Like, it really, I felt that one. Like, that was, this sucked. 
Yeah. You're not that much older now. What are you, 24, 25 years 24. old? 24, yeah. Um, well, you're, you're, you're doing much better now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're being, mm-hmm. you're not uh, mm-hmm. being criticized like that. So, uh, but, you know, obviously Just City and the Permanent Record, we talk a lot about criminal justice and, um, you know, your, your newest album mm-hmm. and, and probably all of your work mm-hmm. uh, it has this real sort of f- fundamental commentary about mm-hmm. what it's like to be, uh, to be a young black man mm-hmm. in a place like Memphis, Tennessee. Um, it, was that a, was that a conscious decision at age 15? That's what I had to say back then or? Um, no, I tell people all the time when I first, well, 15, I maybe started to make the transition, uh, towards, you know, make it more social commentary. Uh, but when I first started rapping, well, I think I was, when I well, when I first started rapping, I was a gangster rapper. So that's like that's <laughs> left field. Like every song I made was like about killing and robbing and uh, you know the whole nine gang banging and all of that. That's what you listened to um, as a kid, or what? That and you know that's what we saw. Like that's what I saw. Like I was you know uh, I got into my first gang at in the eighth grade. So you know um, it was the lifestyle that that. That we witness uh, not on a daily basis, but we we could see it happening. Um, I remember when I was, I had to be like thirteen or something like that. It was a it was a gang war in my neighborhood, and it was you know, it was late night one night like ten p.m. I saw a guy hop out the bushes with a sawed off shotgun. Like they was looking for somebody, you know what I'm saying? So it's it was it was a real real life experience. Um, but but I, I wouldn't me, call your music now anywhere close to that, right? No, no, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't I had to learn how to, you know, uh, tell stories without putting myself in first person saying I did X, Y, Z. When I know that there are people, you know, it's, it's me telling a story instead of me saying I did. Uh, I, I shot this person or I killed right. this person. Like, there's enough stories out there of somebody else doing that that I don't have to, you know, influence people by saying that, that I did X, Y, Z. And so that's, that's what I, I was able to get to that point. At 15, I wasn't there, uh, definitely. But that was the transition point when I uh, – because that was the same year in 10th grade, the summer, uh, me and a friend of mine was playing with a pistol, and, you know, it it jammed and didn't didn't go off, but it could have went off. And that was, like, the moment where I was like, you know what? Let me <laughs> let me stop let me stop playing around and right. and get my get my life together and, and get, ser- yeah, get serious. Yeah. And and so up to your most recent album, Welcome to Graceland, mm-hmm. it tells a story, mm-hmm. not from first person. Tell us uh, about the setup. I mean, including some background on the Graceland protests in case mm-hmm. people don't remember. Yeah, so that was uh, last year, uh, July uh, 2016, uh, was the I-40 bridge protest. And that was, you know, super powerful moment for, for me, for, for everybody in the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't there, but... You know, I saw, I flipped through the news, every station I'm seeing, I'm seeing literally people I know, like, personally. I'm, like, texting folks, like, bro, I see you on the bridge, like, this what's up, like, but it's still, you know, it, it haunted me in a way, and I really just started to, like, take, uh, in retrospect, I took actions that, that uh, I wouldn't say I regret, but I would have done differently if I wasn't in such a like an emotional state. So I started hitting up, you know, everybody, nonprofits that I've been working with, like, yo, we need to do something, y'all. Right. This is the perfect opportunity to, you know what I'm saying, change change the city um, and, and, and basically get off our asses and do something. Um, and 
then I think like a week week or so went by and uh, the Graceland protest came up. Um, and the beauty about the I-40 bridge protest is that no one was arrested. Right. No one was injured. No one was pepper sprayed, anything. Um, it just made the statement. It was a classic you know that protest should go down in the history books as one of the the, the best protests yeah. to to ever happen. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. Um, and the, uh, the 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 Grayson protest the following week did not go like that. Right. It was it was completely the opposite. And it was um, it was if I remember scheduled to coincide with the big anniversary of Elvis's death. Yeah, right. So there was. were lots of people mm-hmm. in Graceland, and that mm-hmm. was the point. Yeah, right. And because what it did, you know, the I forty bridge protest hit the pockets. You know. Uh, I don't think people are doing the research enough on it, but how much money did we lose um, in that moment? How much money did we lose for uh, for the bridge being shut down for three hours? Yeah. How much money was lost? So the the idea was to hit the pockets right. uh, for for Graceland, stop the 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 traveling and, and stuff that that was going to happen. Uh, but the problem was it. With that protest, it was less people. Um, it was like on a weekday. It was, you know, um, people had to be at work. This it was the great Yeah, this, this is a whole different scenario. Um, and I, I witnessed, uh, you know, people being dragged by the police. I witnessed just like uh, a stronghold to be, to, to show people like, you know, this, y'all not finna do this again. And they really just, you know, pushed, put the force on it. And that was the protest that inspired the, the album because I was like, "Wow, this is this is pretty bad." Yeah, and so the album uh, features a, a, a female mm-hmm. describing her uh, experience, and, and that's actually someone who was in the protest. Yeah, so and, Dana. Who, yeah, Dana Asbury. She was she was there, um, and you know we we had we lined up like five deep across the, across uh, Elvis Presley Boulevard to to block traffic. I was there. Uh, Jayani was there, Dana was there, TNT, a bunch of different folks. We, we were lined up, and the police was just like, "We coming!" Like they, 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 they was like, "Y'all better move! Y'all got like, you know, ten seconds to move." I got up and moved. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, um, which is, you know, I, I just remember that moment. Like it was like he was coming towards me, and I just got up because I was just like, I don't know what he finna do, um, but they. Dana and Jayani, they didn't move, and that's what they do. And from that moment, she was dragged uh, from from that spot to the police car and, yeah. and, and arrested. And ends up in the emergency room, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a, a, a whole story. And it's a, a fascinating uh, backdrop to mm-hmm. a, a really good album. I mean, I, I, I'm, as you might guess, rap is not my primary mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, music that I listen to, but I, that album is, is really great. Thank you. Uh, and, and, and that story and the cohesiveness of it is really uh, remarkable. Uh, so, but you described, you know, getting up when the cops are saying we're coming, I, I got up, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I think, to me is a, uh, an interesting uh, a point of conversation for us. What, how do you, you know, stay active and be an activist mm-hmm. and, and make statements and make stands when it's time to and also protect, you know, your your ability to make art. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a tension, and it's I would imagine constant. Talk about it. That. It is, and I think in that moment, like somebody, something told me, whether it be God or whoever, um, was like, "What can you do from a jail cell?" Yeah, like you really can't do anything from from that. Uh, and there's not, you know, some people. That's some people's mode of, of, of getting the word out. For me, in that moment, I was like, 
okay, I need to be able to be visible. I need to be able to be, you know, I need to be able to figure out what to do next uh, with with my freedom uh, and use my freedom to help other people. Um, and that's because the, the concept of the album wasn't even uh, a thing like that. That came way after the protest. It came way after all of just sitting up nights and thinking about uh, everything that, that, that I witnessed. And then, it, you know, it came to me uh, a couple months later. And that's that's when we were able to to do the album. But for me, uh, my plat I had to think. You know, hip hop is the platform to talk about all these issues. And once I sat with that long enough, and I was like, okay, I don't have to necessarily be at every single protest or or, or doing you know showing up and, and shutting things down all the time when I have a voice when I can easily speak about it through music or in my interviews or, or anything. Uh, fundraising, all types of there are all types of ways to be active and and do things for 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 the greater good. Yeah, what are some of those other ways you're you're uh, you're working on right now? We'll talk we'll talk about the tour in just a second. Mm-hmm. But you you know, aside from your music, what else? Fundraising and other things you just mentioned. Give us an example. Uh, yeah. So for the River Kings uh, two tour that I did, uh, you know, we took you know some of the proceeds and, and donated it to uh, organizations that doing doing good work around around the city. Um, I started a, a scholarship uh, program. It's still not fully off the ground, but we were able to raise money um, for for two seniors that that are pursuing art um, and in their uh, gave, give money towards their whatever they want to spend it on as far as like art related things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've done a TED talk about arts entrepreneurship. Which yeah, that's is, right. You I know, to talk some about that um, because you you don't really work. Uh, with a group necessarily, right? I mean, you're kind of mm-hmm. independent. Yeah. You're, you're not signed to a label, Mm-mm. but you're producing really high quality stuff mm-hmm. and you're doing all this. Is, is that, is that a conscious choice? Is it just, is it, is it just because of your I mean, personality? It, is, it is now like, you know, uh, Memphis just doesn't have the infrastructure. If, you know, if, if we were in a different place, maybe, you know, signing a label deal would, would be the thing to do, but we don't have examples of that. Only examples I have are people who, did it all themselves from Yo Gotti to Three Six Mafia to yeah. you know A Ball and MJG. You know those are the examples. So and they all did it themselves, exactly because they were in Memphis. Yeah. So that's an interesting, um, I think, topic as well. Is this, this sense of place that Memphis mm-hmm. gives so much? Like, I mean, I would say that you know, Just City doesn't exist in another mm-hmm. city. Mm-hmm. You know, Marco Pave, all those rappers you just mentioned don't exist in another mm-hmm. city. What is it about this place? I mean, the album was about a physical place, mm-hmm. about a physical place on Elvis Presley Boulevard mm-hmm. where a protest happened. What is it about this place? Why do you? I mean, why can't? Why don't you go to Atlanta and sign a label? And- uh, I'm straight on that. <laughs> Atlanta is the well, new Hollywood. Not it's, to pick on Atlanta, but just why? Why stay? What is it about Memphis? What's the gravitational pull of this place? I mean, if you just the, just the history of it, even if you go back to stacks, like that was you know a lot of people talk about the heyday of Memphis music. Those were all independent labels. There weren't any major labels in Memphis. Uh, Sun Studios, Royal, all those stacks, high, all those record labels were independent record labels from Memphis. Um, and so we have the history of, of that. We have that in our bones, in our soul. Um, and for me, you know, this is, for me, this is the first time in Memphis history where it's okay to say that you're not leaving Memphis. Five years ago, doing music, people were like, what are you doing? Like, you need to, you need to go. You need to really yeah, get yeah. out of here. Like, and it's just a blessing to be in a p- position now that, you know, 
Memphis is the place to be. I have hip-hop artists and artists hit me up all the time like, man, uh, I'm looking for a house. I'm trying to move to Memphis. And That's so, great. you know, this sticking it out is was, was the thing, it, and it still is the thing to do, sticking it out. Memphis is going to be on the cusp of – it is on the cusp of, of something so great and – you know that's that's why I'm here. So that's cool to hear. But you are leaving Memphis though uh, very soon on tour. <laughs> yeah. So, but you're coming back. So, but you're launching a tour from Memphis yeah, yeah. Uh, in a few days from, mm-hmm. from when we're recording this. Tell us about that tour. What what what's the what's the structure? Where are you going? Man. Who's going with you? Uh, so exciting! It's uh, called the uh, Universal Plug Society. Is the the overall brand of of the tours the Ups Tour, um, and came up with it just kind of on a whim but just through uh through the life that me and my 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 good friend 2030 is what he goes by formerly known as James Honest Casher um being in a place like like Memphis where you know speaking of like criminal justice and and different stuff like that Memphis is one of the worst places for you know um cannabis charges you you walk down the street with with a half a gram and you could go to jail and be be in the criminal justice system for for the rest of your life um and we have that personal experience like uh just you know for i can't go too too deep into it but i've experienced and i've dealt with um that side of of the black market for, of the cannabis industry yeah. and my my friend 2030 he he got hit hard by it so he had a charge he you know our whole you know model everything we was working on was on hold for for two years because he was on probation for 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 a silly you know charge and you know so so can't can't leave the city easily no um, not at all working independently as a as a musician is not always satisfactory to probation officers Mm -hmm. those kinds of things stand in the way exactly when that's your craft Mm -hmm. okay and so everything was on hold for for a minute but then he finally you know got off and um, and just be, I was able to still freely travel and go around. So I'm going, you know, Denver. Um, I'm going to Seattle, and you finally see like what it's like to be walking to a place and purchase cannabis without any any trouble. Mm-hmm. You see people walking down the street smoking. You see, you know, it's bars, it's hotels that allow you to smoke in them. Um, and so it's just a polar opposite world. Right. No one is being arrested. No one lives are being ruined. Um, so the tour has a theme then. Yeah, and definitely. That, and that theme is the the theme is to showcase um, what's happening in these other places where cannabis is decriminalized and legalized to show Memphis yeah. broaden its horizon to see what it could look like if we decriminalize uh, cannabis in in our state or yeah. or the city. So is it a five city tour? Six, uh, seven. six. six city tour. Mm-hmm. Tell us where you're going. Uh, we're going to St. Louis. Uh, Kansas City, so Missouri, state of Missouri, just they decriminalized not too long ago. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk to artists and, and, and people in the industry there, see what it's like now um, to not have that fear. Or is it the same fear and, and, and it's just the laws on the book and not uh, practice? Yeah. Um, and then we're going to Denver um, where it is legal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to spend like three days there. And then San Francisco uh, where California just sure. passed recreational. A lot of people don't know that. It's, Can, only, it's uh, been medicinal there only for yeah, a long time. A long time. Uh, California is one of the, the more, you know, uh, conservative states on the West Coast. A lot of people, right. you know, have L.A. in their mind, but California is a right. huge country. Huge. It <laughs> it's is. a huge it's country. the 11th largest <laughs> yes. economy in the world exactly. or something. Yeah. Um, so 
um, then San Francisco, then we're going to head to Portland, um, and then Portland to Seattle. Yeah. So we got three major, major hubs of, of cannabis industry that we're hitting, and uh, the other two are newly decriminalized cities. Yeah, fascinating. And uh, who's going with you? Who, who all makes up besides 2030? Who else makes uh, 2030, up? 2030, and uh, we just added a hip-hop artist, uh, Snapboy Ty. From from Memphis as well, so three Memphis uh, artists, and then we're taking a, a cameraman with us who runs a blog called Product of Memphis, and we're we're shooting a documentary uh, to right. document each city that we go to. Um, in Denver, we're going to like uh, like a think of a vineyard, but just for for for, for cannabis. So it's, <laughs> we're gonna be like it's gonna be wow, a lot a- of <laughs> lot of fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, the the perception that I was thinking about battling was, you know, these rappers are just going out, getting high, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I I think we we beat that perception by getting the support of Senator Lee Harris to to write that letter, um, showing the support. Because he he sees the vision. He knows what we're trying to do. Uh, And it might seem like that's what, you know, we're just some rappers trying to go do that. But it's a mission. We have a mission. And it's, it's important work. It's a very it's a very conscious effort, and mm-hmm. it's it's sort of comprehensive. I mean, it's um, I think um, unique and, and rare to see artists of, of any genre of music, mm-hmm. you know, be that focused. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Justin was proud to support you too, awesome. and you did get that letter from uh, uh, from Senator Harris, mm-hmm. who uh, is um, supportive of legislation mm-hmm. uh, that would um, uh, decriminalize here in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as I don't have to tell you, there is no decriminalization in Tennessee. And in mm-hmm. fact, the state um, just last year uh, voted to not allow Memphis or Nashville mm-hmm. to, to move on their own to decriminalize. Mm-hmm. There is some medical marijuana uh, legislation uh, coming forward this, this year. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Anyway, um, you're, uh, you're Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. Did you convert or were you raised? I was raised Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents converted uh, in the 80s. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that like in Memphis, Tennessee, growing up Muslim? It it was, you know, it was definitely tough. Uh, I grew up, this is, I grew up pre-9-11 and then post-9-11 as, as a Muslim child in a, you know, predominantly Christian Bible Belt city. Yeah. Um, so you could just imagine the, the questions and uh, the, the the things that people said uh, to me. I was in the third grade when, when 9-11 happened and, you know, the following weeks and years were just were you involved? Did you do that? <laughs> wow. Or you have who who do you know these people? Like, you know, I was ashamed to tell people I was Muslim for, for a long time. Yeah. Um just living under under that under that fear. Cause at the same time, I'm the only country I've ever been in is America. So right. what are people talking about? As American, like, as I, exactly. Like I have no no idea. Um, and it is nothing that I ever agree with. Um, but you know, amazing thing. I felt like I was the only Muslim in my neighborhood, but just recently Midtown mosque opened up, um, literally like around the corner from my childhood home. So that's like full circle. Um, and and that just opened just this year. Uh, It opened in 2014, I think. Um, and so, yeah, they, they've been over there doing some amazing work. It's just amazing to see like, you know, years, years later, uh, feeling like the only Muslim person in in that neighborhood to have a Muslim presence uh, be strong enough to establish a mosque. So that's amazing. 
so I want to uh, talk about maybe a song, like some very specific part of your art, mm-hmm. and uh, and ask if there's a, a song that maybe we could play at the end of the podcast that mm-hmm. would uh, sort of paint this picture of of your art as having kind of mm-hmm. you know a dual mm-hmm. uh, dual purpose. Mm-hmm. Is there a song that you're thinking of? Uh, for sure, it's uh, called One Hundred from uh, Welcome to Graceland. Um, I have plenty more songs, but that's the song that that I can think of that fits this tour. And fits, you know, the the mode that we're in, talking about like right now, uh, and it's it, it. The idea of the song uh, is it's really a song to talk about um, mass incarceration in the criminal justice system. If you're not listening closely enough to the song, you won't you won't catch that because it's it's still kind of in the vein of like a trap record, uh, more more upbeat, uh, up up tempo type of deal. But if you, you know, listen to the lyrics and, and really, you know, dive into it, you, you will understand it, that I'm getting at something, something deeper. Because uh, the 100 in the song represents two different things. It represents, you know, people keeping it 100 with you right. as far as keeping it real. And it also represents the, the years um, of, of people that I know. If we add all those years up that they have in jail, it equals to, you right. know, over 100 years. So that's 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 how I'm thinking about it that's how that's how i was thinking about it when i wrote the song um so yeah all I right got yeah well we'll play a, a little bit of 100 at the mm-hmm. end of uh the permanent record this week and, for sure and, uh, and instead of our normal uh music so you're going on this tour how can we follow you uh what what account what social media accounts what websites mm-hmm. can we follow this tour uh king of marco on everything uh instagram uh facebook uh twitter uh, you can follow the hashtag the ups, the ups run, um, and then the ups tour life, uh, and then my website is kingofmarco.com. So Got everything it. king of Marco, king of Marco, and watch at, at Just City nine hundred one. We'll be uh, retweeting and, yeah. and, and talking to you hopefully on that tour too. Yeah. Thanks so much, Marco, for Man, joining us. No today. problem. Thank you. I look myself in the mirror and cannot be any clearer. I'm so sure that my niggas sitting on y'all like some chickens. If your circuit ain't connected, why the fuck did you give it? I'm just up here, y'all looking where them circuits be living. May my purpose be different, but I ain't under y'all. And I still keep myself too sharp like some overalls. So do not try me with that bullshit like I'm on a phone. Want me to be a slave, but all I gotta charm up on my chain. And I won't change unless you bring me 100 pain. Ain't no my team unless you keep. Unless you keeping it 100, man I got some niggas that's locked up
up for 100, man. These niggas snitching, they gon' give away 100. And I won't change unless you bringin' me 100, man. Ain't no my team unless you keepin' it 100, man. I got some niggas that's locked up for 100, man. These niggas snitching, they gon' give away 100, man. Yeah, yeah. And I won't change unless you bringin' me 100, man. Ain't no my team unless you keepin' it 100, man. I got some niggas that's locked up for 100, man. These niggas snitching, they gon' give away 100, man. That was Marco Pave from his most recent album, Welcome to Graceland. That was 100 song, number one from that album. You can find it for sale. Remember, you can still buy music at kingofmarco.com. It's also available on Apple Music or Spotify, but consider supporting an up-and-coming local artist like Marco. It's good for Memphis. It's good for the arts. You can also follow his UPS tour and all things Marco Pave at King of Marco on Twitter, Instagram, and probably social media platforms that I don't even know about. Give him a give him a look. Thanks as always to Gilworth and the OAM Network for providing support and distribution of the permanent record. They're the finest podcast network in Memphis. Check them out at theoamnetwork.com or next time you're at Crosstown Concourse, have a look at their brand new studio. I am Josh Spickler and this is The Permanent Record, a production of Just City. We have a brand new website at justcity.org. Check it out. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at justcity901. Subscribe to The Permanent Record, please, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to you guys, we have over 2,300 subscribers on Apple Podcasts. So please keep recommending us to your friends and give us a rating, if you will. It helps us build our audience. In a just city, we listen and we speak up. Our thanks to you for doing both.